0: morning church family, you guys look awesome, <laughs> turn to the person next to you and say you look awesome,
1: with all sincerity, right,
0: <laughs> we want to welcome you all here to our church worship today. Um, I know that there's some visiting from other churches. There's others that are maybe here for the first time, maybe are new to church. We're glad you're here. Also like to welcome those that watch us by live stream, especially to my family over in Alabama, some of the other friends that sometimes watch us. Uh, it's nice to be in such a, a world now where it's a very small place, isn't it? Which is good most of the time. Sometimes it's not so good when it comes to coronaviruses and some of the things that seem to threaten the life as we know it, but, you know, the hope we have is Jesus and really as a church, we're here to uplift Jesus, to draw our community into a loving relationship with Jesus. And we do that by sharing the loving relationship. We personally have, if you don't know, Jesus as your Lord and savior. We hope that you will explore that. And today I want to try to help you to see how simple it can be. Last week, we launched our vision for the year. Really what we want to do is to put in place steps, steps that we can all go on a spiritual journey and kind of make it simple enough that we know what's next. Because some people can say, yeah, oh, this all sounds good. I I, I can understand this whole gospel message. Jesus came and died for me and I recognize that I am a sinner and I accept him. But then what next, what happens after you do that? It gets very complex, it gets very confusing. And people get pulled all different ways and we're just overloaded with information. So what we've done is really try to make it simple and just made four simple steps to know God, to find freedom, to discover for purpose, and then make a difference. And that's gonna be really something, not only this year, but something we wanna make part of our culture here at church, so it's very simple. And we want to all go through that journey because we're all on a spiritual journey and that journey is so important. And um, anytime you learn something and you grow in your knowledge or your skill in that, it takes effort, it takes steps, it takes practice. And one of the things that um, I guess in my former life we might say, my identity was in my ability to stand on my hand. Now you might not know that, and unfortunately, at my age, I can no longer demonstrate it. In my younger days, I would take great pride in putting my fingers over the edge of the stadium and popping up a handstand. But after about 30-some years of doing handstands, in about 2003, I think it was, I tore a tendon in my shoulder, and um, that was the end of my handstand days. And it's it's a bit sad, because really, that was my identity. Ever since I was in primary school, I watched gymnasts, and I watched them doing somersaults, and, and I watched them doing handstands. There was a guy named Wesley that was, when I was very young in my early primary years, it was um, he was my role model. He was amazing. He could walk with his hands, and he could do somersaults and things. And probably when I got in grade four or five, I started getting serious about it. And then later on, when I got really good at doing handstands, I began coaching and teaching other people. And so I could probably do it in four steps since we're looking at four steps in our um, current model that we're looking at. So the first step I would teach someone is how to do a frog stand. Now a frog stand simply making a triangle with your head and your hands. It's important that you don't put your hands next to your head because you don't have a good base. So you just have to put your Hands down, your head there to make a triangle, and then place your knees on your elbows, and it's called a frog stand. Many of you have probably done this. You get good at that, and then eventually you get to, then you can raise your legs up, and you can do a headstand. And so once you can stand on your head, then your next step is to balance on just your hands. And the easiest handstands, again, similar to a frog stand, except this one, you put your knees on your elbows, and you just tip forward. We call it a tip up but you're actually nothing touching the ground but your hands this would then um, build your muscles and cause balance and then eventually as you build your strength and your skill you could go right from a tip up um, and then just go press up into a handstand and you know I got really good at this after following those steps and practicing and again like I said it became my identity and if you go through photos of my past or if you talk to my friends back in the States, or even some of those that knew me in Tasmania when I first came to Australia, oh yeah, he's the guy that did handstands and everything. You know, we go on a bushwalk and I'd find a rock somewhere to do a handstand. It, it was just me. <clears throat> and I must say it was a bit, this is, just, I, I could show you photos all day, but this is, when I was at Southern Adventist University, we had a group called the Southern Gents and we came out with tuxedos on and top hats and we did a little routine together and then we did all these different pyramids and um, which one do you reckon to me? The handstand of course. I was always the top. I was a bit of a skinny uh they called me chicken legs. I still have skinny legs. I'm not so skinny in other places. The hand balancing was always my specialty and so whether I'm on top of a three high or on top of a pyramid hand balancing was really who I was. What I going to share today is really about you Finding your identity in something that's going to change your life. Me learning to do a handstand really changed my life. You know, it really created who I was for a long time because that was something I was good at and it gave me a, a lot of confidence. And probably at that point about um, 15 years ago, about uh, 2003 when I was no longer able to do handstands. That was probably one of my first middle-aged crises. I've been through a few through through my life, but you know, it was a real crisis. Who am I? I can no longer stand on my hands. I'm just worthless. My life's no good anymore. You know, I went through this thought patterns and you know, we as humans, we need to have something that we believe in. And unfortunately, nothing's certain as far as our physical ability or our mental ability, you know, things can be taken away from us very quickly. But there is one thing that we can be sure of, and that is that we are a special creation of God. That God knows us, and He wants us to know Him. And that's really what this is all about, about us knowing God, and then once we know God, we can then find freedom. As we showed this model, there's our um, vision, and this is really how are we going to implement our vision, draw our community and love our relationship with Jesus. Well, Our model or our mission, the way we're going to do this is, as we shared last week, is by knowing God, and that's what I'll be presenting today. Uh, Pastor Lockie will be continuing on this Knowing God next week, and um, then we're going to go to the next Finding Freedom, Discovering Purpose, and Making a Difference. So we're going to be going through this, preaching into this for the next couple of months. And I just really want to challenge you and encourage you to come along, because I believe what this is, it is a bit simple, but it's powerful. It's life changing. I think not only for us as individuals, but also it gives us a, a model that we can use a system in place as we presented last week, just like our bodies made up of systems where we can bring someone to church and we can easily see, well, how can they know what to do next? You know, we can bring them to church and this is really what we want church to be a place that that happens let me ask you four questions would you like to know God would you like to find freedom would you like to discover purpose would you like to make a difference my guess is every single one of you have probably said yes to these questions so if we could discover the answer to these questions and apply them to our lives Believe we would really find our life really fulfilled. Fulfilled in a way that nothing else can fulfill it. You know, the spiritual journey, and that's another name for this model, our spiritual walk, our spiritual journey, our spiritual continuum. You know, we, we know God, but we don't know him, and then move on to the next step and forget about him. They build on each other. But knowing God is one of the most important. This is the starting point, and this is really. What we want to cover today is how important it is for us to really know God. The main reason that it starts by knowing God, accepting His, His free, gracious gift of salvation, because otherwise, we're missing the, 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 the track. Because growth track that we're going to be introducing is, really starts with us knowing God, knowing He died for us and accepting His free gift of salvation. That's the starting point. That is when we accept Christ, that what happens in in more theological terms, in justification happens like that. God saves us. Then, as we journey through life, as we grow, as we take step by step, we're doing it because God has already done something for us. What has He done? Well, He's paid the price for our sin. We're going to go on that from Scripture in a few minutes, but ultimately what He's done is He saved us. That's awesome. And as as Christians, you know, what what a great thing to to know and to be sure of. What an exciting thing. Are you excited to be a Christian? Is it something you just, every day, just motivates you? You know, I think if all of us are honest, sometimes maybe we're not so excited. And sometimes maybe we're finding it a bit routine. Maybe you're a bit too comfortable. You know, being a Christian is not about us being comfortable. And as we go through um, this preaching series, as we follow through with the growth track, which we're going to want, we want everybody to go through this growth track. It's just not for a new person. Because we want everyone to be sure of these steps. And then also know when you invite someone to church, you know what we're going to take them through and what what it's all about. We need to be excited. And if you've lost that excitement, hopefully we can help to spark it back again. Because being a Christian is an incredible way to live life in 2020. And I don't know about you, I've actually tried this year to withdraw from watching so much news, But it's hard not to, especially when you know things in the world and you're curious. But, you know, it's all negative. It's all, you know, all these things. And and it can bring you down a bit. But, you know, I, I like God's Word. I like the hope. This is is a positive message. You know, some people do use the Bible in a way I don't think it's meant to use, and that is a way to try to judge people or condemn people. But I think if you really understand the key person of the Bible, and that's Jesus Christ, He never was about pointing His finger and condemning people. He wasn't about putting people down and judging them. He was about helping them to see a better way. Here's some of the things that we're going to be learning about as we go through this series. God knows you, and He wants you to know Him. God isn't fair, but you know what? That's to our advantage. It's good He's not fair. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with God. You know, as Christians, we believe in prayer, but it's not just something you do. You know, it's something that's ongoing as we have this link with our Heavenly Father. When you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. You know, the, the, the Bible is, is a powerful thing. And if you really take time and you read it and you pray, you ask God's Spirit to guide you, you'll find that God will continue to, to reveal things to you. It amazes me how, you know, I've really read the Bible and studied the Bible all my life, yet it still continues to be new and fresh. And it seems to go right to what I need to hear even when I don't want to hear it. Jesus, another thing we're going to be looking at is Jesus came to earth to give you freedom. You know, this is great news that Jesus came. We're going to really look at it. That's really a key. And also, positive change happens with positive relationships. Now, last year, our whole theme was heart-to-heart. Having a heart-to-heart relationship with God and having a heart-to-heart connection with God. That's It's relational. Being a Christian is about relationships. And some of us, speaking for myself as a male, I'm not always that good at relationships. I'm good at my to-do list. But to be good at relationships for some of us takes a bit of extra effort. And God can help us. He knows us. He's created us. and, and, And He... Knows how to take us on this spiritual journey step by step so that we can be the full potential. You know, as we look at these these steps, you know, knowing God, well, that's a daily effort as we pray, as we study the Word, as we seek to really understand and love Him back because He loved us first. And then finding freedom, well, finding freedom, we're going to find that it's really just learning to deal with our issues. Do you have any issues? Mm -hmm. I do. You know? Do you have issues? Do you have bad habits, addictions? Do you have secrets? Do you have things that you wish were not in your life? You know, and, and, and that's what we want to be a church. It's not about people being phony. And it's one thing I've learned in the few years I've been in this church is that I'm going to stop being phony. I'm not here to. Sit up on a pedestal and somehow say that I'm better than anyone else. I'm the sinner of sinners. And by God's grace, each day, He forgives me and picks me up and helps me and grows me. Are you growing as a Christian? That's the key question. If someone asks you where you're at spiritually, where you're at with God, you know, the best answer any of us can say is just, I'm growing. Because if you're not growing, then what are you doing? You're dying. Are you growing today in 2020, February the 8th, 2020? Are you in a growing relationship with Christ, a living Christ? (coughs) The most important growth for you and me is our spiritual growth. Your spiritual growth should be the top priority in your life. You know, we're all on a journey and sometimes when we're on a journey, we need directions. I'm reminded back in tassie when i first came to australia going on 26 years ago and um, i'm there as a youth pastor in lawnseston and um, they're having fun all the youth there in lawnseston taking me out and showing me the beautiful countryside and all the animals and i must say i had four years in tassie and i still love tassie i've got a real soft spot for what a beautiful place it is but one sabbath afternoon we we're exploring somewhere on between Launceston, the east coast and there's heaps of all these dirt roads that go for miles and miles and miles and I had about six or seven youth following me. Now I'm an American that's been in Australia for just a few months. Is it wise to be following me? Well it probably wasn't because we went miles and miles down a wrong road and got really lost and it wasn't until eventually I had to stop and say I'm lost and someone else took the lead. You know sometimes We need a bit of help. And, you know, uh, I think that often us males get picked on. We're we're probably the worst at being stubborn when it comes to directions. You know, it's kind of part of our identity. You know, I know where I'm at. You know, I'm not lost, I'm just a little bit mixed up. I'm just geographically misplaced, however you might say. Now, I'm gonna confess to you something. And that is that I'm barely a Christian when I drive. I'm in a hurry even when I'm not in a hurry. And I don't know why. Okay, I'm still, it was my battle. So I'm just laying there. And this is a growth area for me. And, you know, with, with, with driving, it's really hard when you get someone that's, you, you believe in your eyes, or I believe they're they're doing the wrong thing, especially if they're driving maybe in the right lane and going really slow. You know, there's supposed to be a passing lane, I'm sure. And, uh, or you're at a red light, and you're in the turning lane, and there's quite a lot of cars, and you kind of know this red light. You know when it turns, you know, if if everyone moves, you're gonna just make it. And so you're there, and the light changes, and the person in front of you, see, looking down, you know they're probably looking at their phone or something and you say, oh And so what I wanna do, you know, just play on the phone, you know, get your knucklehead moving. <laughs> and of course I don't do that, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I just give a nice little <laughs> <beep>. <laughs> Oh, oh good. But you know what I felt well like doing just as well I don't do with this growth track. What we want to do with our model. We want to take every single one of you and if you're kind of not growing, you're not moving, you're not going from one step to the next, if you're not making a difference with your life, we want to go beep beep. We want to just help push you a little bit. We want to encourage you to look up and see what really matters in life. That's really the goal that we have as a church. Sometimes Karen said to me, you know, that that person could be, go to your church, you know, you're tailgating them. My response is, yeah, I need to teach them something too, don't I? I don't really say that, but, you know, we all have things that we struggle with, whatever it might be. But God says, hey, I know you, I love you, I've got a plan for your life. I'm going to help you be the best person you can be. And so I asked you a question today. Are you the best person you can be? You know, I'm not the best person I can be, but I want to work towards you. I want to become a better person. And, and, And that's all this growing is all about, that we grow. God has a plan for your life. When we don't see this plan, we don't see God's vision for our lives. We're in danger. We're in danger of settling for the earthly counterfeit. You know, we might take our model there and, and look at the four steps in, in, in a selfish way, in, in the counterfeit way. And they would be, no me, you know, no, no God, no me, you know, me, myself and I, I'm most important. It's to, to find fame, you know, because that seems to be what everybody wants in this world. Fame, that's going to answer, you know, if I could be famous, everything would be good. Discover a platform. Again, you know, it's all about me. You know, and this is huge in social media scenes these days with Instagram and whatever else is out there. You know, people will do anything to get more people following them, more people watching them. You know, they'll they'll, they'll lower their standards. They'll do things that they never thought they would do. Why? Because I want to have a following. I want to have a better social platform. And lastly, instead of making a difference, the counterfeits to make a dollar. And again, the world just seems to think, well, if I could just make a little bit more money, if I just had more financial freedom, everything would be all right. But I'm telling you, that's not the answer. That's the counterfeit. The only thing that's going to fulfill us is to know God. So how's our system as it says here? We've got systems in place now where we're going to help us with these four steps. And the system that we're using is really our weekend services. Uh, so, you know, our Cafe Connect with our young adults on our Friday night, on our um, life group study time at 930, at our worship times. These are the times that we come together and we really, our, our goal is to help us all to know God better and to be growing in that relationship. This is, is what we want to get better at and make it easy because sometimes it's too difficult. So, our weekend services are for people at all stages of their spiritual journey, but we're primarily, primarily, our target is for a person that really doesn't know God, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the purpose for our, our, our services here every Saturday. So if you're new to our church or if you've been here a long time and you wonder, well, why, why is it kept a bit simple? Or why is the love message preached so much or the gospel? Because that's the priority. That's the most important thing. And I believe the leadership of this church is behind that 100%. And I've always been convicted of that personally because, you know, what's religion without the gospel? It's just religion. And it's... All of it. And, you know, our weekend services, um, there's four values that we want to make it. You know, our, our worship service, we want it to be a celebration. We want it to be an atmosphere here where you come to church and you know you're inspired, you're energized. You know, this is really preparing us for the week ahead. And we want it to be a safe place, we want it to be a happy place, not a place where you feel uncomfortable. I've heard stories and even myself you know I've gone to churches in the past and I've pulled up and I've struggled to get out of the car. I know people have talked me that here at this church too. It's just, it's hard because if you don't know a lot of people or maybe you're going through something personally. Sometimes it's hard, but we want to encourage you to come and we so thankful for the ministry of things like um, guest services where people are really going out of their way. And Thank you for all of our guest services team that work faithfully every week to make people feel welcome. Do you know that person in the parking lot, that person who's making a drink for you, that person who's welcoming you to the door? You guys that are doing that are just as important as myself or Lockie or anyone else that's preaching. Because sometimes what you do is gonna touch that person and I could preach all day and and, and it would just go in one ear and out the other. We are a team, we're a church family. we're the body of Christ. And it's only as we work together That we can really be a a healthy body. Healthy body. And so, you know, we we want you to come and to celebrate. We want you to be inspired. We want you to, you know, church shouldn't be something you endure. And, you know, I grew up in church. And I have to say, probably a lot of my life it has been something I've gone to because I felt like I should or needed to. That was kind of something I, I couldn't wait until it was over or, you know, you know, and, and you know, that might be the case. We're glad you're here even if you're hoping I hurry up, but <laughs> we, we want to try to do everything we can to make this something that you actually find fills you up, that brings you joy, brings you hope, and that you enjoy and you celebrate. And, and so we don't want church to be something you endure, we want something to be something you uh, experience and celebrate and enjoy. And so, you know, here we want to lift up God's Word. We want to just see that this is relevant in 2020. That God's Word is not just a random book, but this is a special book where God's led it to give us instructions and to help us step by step on our journeys. And ultimately, the main goal as I mentioned already is is to lead people to salvation the church worship service each week. So often you're going to see, probably more often than you have in the past, us making appeals. We want to see more people stepping out and making commitments for Jesus Christ or recommitments. Um, Lockie and I have locked down, I think about five or six dates, and we're calling them commitment days. And the first one's coming up at the end of this month, so only at four weeks away. And if you've been thinking about making a commitment of baptism or you've been thinking about, you know, wanting to grow further or uh, doing a profession of faith, um, come and see us. We'd love to have this, to be a culture of this church is where people are making commitments to Jesus Christ. And that last day of this month, I did a little research. You know the date? The 29th of February. There's five Sabbaths in this month of February because it's a leap year. And I thought, that must not happen very long. So I did a little research. You know, only happens once every 28 years. So maybe about three times in your lifetime will you have a Sabbath on the 29th of February. So just a little something maybe. Oh yeah, that'd be a cool date to make a big commitment. Well, we'll leave that with you, but I hope that you will. Now I just want to share a bit of scripture as I try to um, really share this about knowing God and about the plan of salvation because this is really what knowing God's all about. And in Ephesians 1 verse 17 it says um, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what? Know Him better. This is His desire. This is this is what God desires to for us to know Him better. And I'm um, You know, if you've grown up in the church, you might think you know it all, but um, rethink that because we don't know it all. And the the longer we're in church, the longer, closer we get to God, the more we realize we need to grow more and more. And the question I have for all of us is do you really know God? Really know Him? Not just know about Him, but do you know Him in an intimate way? And the danger of that is a, a scripture that kind of wakes us up a bit. And here in Matthew chapter 7, it tells us this, not everyone, these are Jesus' words, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, did you not prophesy my name and in your name, draw out demons and perform, perform many miracles? And then will I tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. You know, what a sad state. What a sad state for some people who have been doing all the right things, playing religion, going to church every week, you know, doing all the right things, ticking the boxes. But they really didn't know their God. Now, have you completely surrendered your heart to Him? Have you said, Lord, I surrender all Because that's what it takes, not saying, I don't want to surrender this part of my life, but I'm going to keep this part for myself, you know, if we're finding we do that, Unless we're all human, we all have things that we're going to struggle with, and we've got to realize that, and allow God each day to help reveal, and help us to grow, and that's one of the powerful things of, of our next step of finding freedom, and And having authenticity and having us have people that hold us accountable. And that we can actually, you know, be real. And help and pray and support each other through difficulties. But have you really surrendered your life to the Lord? You know, we can never do anything to earn His love and His forgiveness and His grace. That's all a free gift. We just need to accept it. But, you know, there's the prayer, the sinner's prayer, it's often called. And it is a beautiful prayer. That prayer is this. Lord, I repent of my sins. I recognize I'm a sinner. And I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, dear Jesus. You know, that's a beautiful, that's really the prayer that saves us. But it's actually not the prayer that saves us. Because if you just say that, it's just words. That doesn't save you. It's actually You saying that from the bottom of your heart and in the process of saying that is saying, Lord, I want to turn to you. Turn away from the world. Turn away from the things that are drawing me away from you, Lord. And I want to please start coming towards you. And again, that's where we want to be. We want to be a channel that helps to get in the right direction um, and and taking steps to get closer to God. Don't push Him away. Surrender to Him. It's the best decision you will ever make. You know, the Greek word Jesus used for the word know here is the word genesco, which is, means more than just knowing. It's, it's an intimate. Not in a sexual way, but in a way like a husband and wife would know each other in a way that, you know, they just know each other so well. You almost know what they're going to say before they say it. You know, it's like the difference between me saying, oh, well, I know the mayor. You know, but uh, I've never really met him. That's you know, not really knowing him, is it? Or saying, Well, I know the mayor and he's my best friend. You say, That's the difference, you know, Do you know Jesus in that way? Do you know Jesus? Not just know him, but know him. And say, Yes, Jesus is my best friend. You know, God is the only one that can know us in our deepest levels. He made you, and He knows everything about you. He designed you for a purpose. And He alone holds the book to your life. He knows the number of days you have. Knowing God is the key to life. You cannot know what step to take next unless you know Him. You know, if you marry someone, your marriage doesn't end after the ceremony. You know, It's only the start. And it doesn't end after one year. It doesn't end after two years. It doesn't end after 10 years or 20 years or your golden anniversary. You know, the longer you're together, you get closer and closer. You get an ongoing, dynamic relationship that's, you know, gets deeper and deeper and closer and closer. And knowing God is a similar thing. You can know His voice by praying and talking and listening. You can know His ways by reading and studying and applying them. These are the foundations of what it means to know God and His unconditional love and acceptance. You know, the most powerful verse in the Bible that sums it up. You know, nothing more powerful than John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. That's you. That's me. That's all we need to do. And and, and next we need to just immense ourselves in His love and allow Him to lead our lives. He wants you to experience life to the full. Now this is one of the really, again, the, the, the lies of the evil one, is to somehow try to make you think that being a Christian, I'm giving up something. That somehow, because I'm living a Christian life here on this earth, that I'm going to sacrifice having joy and excitement and, and, and living life to the full. But my reward going to be heaven. Is that what Scripture says? No. And the next scripture I'll bring up here says in John 10 10 that Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it what? No. To the full. Some translations have it more abundantly. God wants us to live life to the full. And, you know, if any of us look back in our life, you know, often we think, oh, well, I wish I, if I'd only done it different. Well, we can't change the past. And God's Had us all come on our spiritual journeys and brought us to where we are. But what we can do is say, God, I want to stop being led down the wrong track. I want to stop following the counterfeit. And I want to start following you. And God will then help you. But don't fall for that deceitfulness. You know, that, that, um, there there seems to be, and I think because the gospel sometimes seems so easy. That we as human beings can get this impression that I can accept God anymore, anyone, especially for our younger people. Often they're over on this side of the auditorium, so I'm going to make sure you're not looking at your phones and you're looking at me. But listen, guys, when you start seeing some choices in your life and you're thinking, well, wow, wow, this sounds exciting, but I know it's the wrong thing. You know, if you stand up, if you be a Daniel and say, "No, I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to say no to this," you know, it might be hard at the time. Do you know what? You'll look back and you'll be so glad you did. And that goes for us adults too, because we have temptations all the time. But I guess I look back on my younger days, and man, you know, God's done amazing things in my life as it is. But man, what what difference it could have made if I'd stood. and and made some better choices in my past. Well, we can't change the past, but remember, we can make decisions right now that affect us now and into the future. And the best decision we can have is to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And um, what's the problem? Well, the problem is that we're all infected with sin. And we're just going to go through these verses quickly. Many of you are familiar. If you're not, you know, this is the foundation of what the gospel message is all about. Romans 3.23, How many of us have sinned? So none of us can say somehow that we're good enough. You know, some of us have been better than others, but ultimately we're all sinners. And in Romans six twenty three, it tells us that the wages of sin, the wage is what you owe. We owe this because we are sinners. What do we owe? Death. But Jesus Christ came. He paid that that price for us, and uh, he gave us to us as a gift. What a wonderful thing! That's really the gospel. In a nutshell, and um, we're going to go through a few more verses here that just really outlines this gospel message. that's so beautiful. The starting point of knowing God is knowing that you're saved in Jesus Christ. And so when you walk out of this church today, I hope that you can do it saying, hey, Lord, thank you that you're saved. Me. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to help me day by day. I'm going to make an effort to know you better because I know that that will help me to keep my life on track. That ultimately is going to help my life to be fulfilled and to have more joy and fulfillment in life. And uh, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now what a beautiful message. We read on in John 14.6. What's the way to salvation? Jesus. He's the only way. No one can come to the Father except through me, Jesus says. And again, in Acts 4.12, it says the same sort of thing. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given by men by which we can be saved. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. And uh, just a couple more verses as we finish up. But to all who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. You know, we are God's family. We call ourselves the family, a church family. We're ultimately part of God's big family. What a beautiful truth that is. And as the final text I want to share with you is found in the last book in the Bible, Revelation. And here in Revelation, this very powerful verse says. Again, Jesus' words, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. You know, I want to just appeal to you today. You know, have you opened the door? Are you keeping him at a distance? Or maybe you just got the door a little cracked, but you haven't really invited him all the way in. And so today, I just want to invite you to say, hey, God... I want to hold that door wide open. I want you to come in. I want you to come into my life and just lead me every step of the way. And I want to know you.